Hi, this is Adam Thomas, and welcome back to By Unanimous Decision Podcast for episode number two. I'm joined by MMA fighter Chris Bungard this week. Uh, Chris, earlier this year, became the first Scott to sign up for Bellator and is looking to make his debut for them sometime next year. Chris is probably the first person to admit he's had a few ups and downs along the way in his journey, but his hard work is starting to pay off now. It's a pretty funny interview. I quite liked uh, the way Chris came off in this, and I think you get a good flavour of what he's about and the huge amounts of charity work he does as well. I hope you guys enjoy it, and as always, please leave a comment um, saying if you like it or didn't like it so much, and subscribe if you're enjoying it. By unanimous decision, podcast number two. Chris Bungard, how are we doing? Who's saying goodbye, Ali? Ah, not too bad. How about yourself? Not bad. Welcome to the the, the meat locker, we like to call it. We're rocky, stored the meat. How's it going? How's sort of training been recently? It's gone good. Uh, obviously, I'm not fighting till till February. Well, um, it's about a while away, but. I usually like to stay a bit active. I like to get four fights in, if I can, five fights a year. It kind of splits up my year nice. Um, but obviously, I've signed a, I've signed a big promotion now, so basically I need to fight when they tell me now, that's just yeah. the downside. But uh, I'm still training every day. My rest, take my rest days, but I'm, I'm not doing my you know, usual two or three a day. And I'm, it's not more intense as well, but I'm still training. Yeah, um, obviously signed with Bellator um, yep. not too long ago. Um, just tell us how about how that came about. And... Um, yeah, so I seen a, a five-fight deal with Bellator. It's kind of like the, one of the biggest promotions in the world, American-based. <coughs> but they're they're doing like a, a big European like circuit now in America, all over the world. So I'd say like a handful of people from like the UK and Ireland. So. Yeah, I was quite lucky enough to be one of the guys. Um, but I mean, I've been training for like nine years, eight years. Um, so I think I deserved. I think I deserve my shot. I put in my time. I fought some some of the toughest guys out there. I've travelled everywhere. So yeah, I'm just excited to get my first first fight on underway. Yeah. Um. For people who don't know, um, just to explain it. Obviously, you got UFC, which is sort of one of the probably regarded as the biggest yeah. you've got Bellator and then sort of one championship as well yeah. and you'll always fight guys that are signed in the same promotion yeah, just, um, yeah UFC is like the, the premier sport for mixed martial arts obviously the top top fighters in the world and that but a lot of people are going to Bellator now um, they're, they're not uh, they're not a million miles behind them but they're regarded as the number two brand in the world obviously one one's over in Asia's doing, doing great stuff as well, but uh, yeah, Bellator's a massive promotion. Um, it's owned by Viacom. A lot of money get put in there. Yeah, some great, some it. great fighters as well going over from the UFC as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's a great company. I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, um, I think you sort of lined up for, for Cage Warriors before that. Yeah, like uh, we had we had the Cage Warriors contract uh, in. I thought I was going to sign it because we were in a rush, but I just thought it was there. It was a five-fight deal. Um, Cage Wars is a great promotion in Europe. Uh, it's on BT Sports, stuff like that. So I was just in a rush. I was working down in Cambridge on a film set, and it was just in a rush. Like, I was going to sign it, I was sitting there. And um, I just got a phone call um, from my coach, 
Frank Gallagher who says like Bellator's just won't they're offering us this and it was just like I, di- I didn't even think about it I just like I was just I was jumping about the hotel room like did some shadow walks in like hitting some sprawls at <laughs> put my trainers on away at running you know what I mean but, um, yeah it was just like it wasn't even like so they just sent over the contract the next day and no no uh didn't take your time on that one. No, 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 <laughs> no bad words to say about cage wars or that, but it, was, it wasn't an easy, uh, hard choice. Not I mean it was Bellator's where I wanted to be. Um, I just like the promotion. I like the shows, the venues, big arenas. It, it suited me more than cage warriors. Um, obviously, the, the contract was better than that, but um, I. I wanted to be the first ever Scottish fighter to be signed by Bellator. I thought that was pretty cool. Years down the line when I retire. <coughs> can always look back and say that I was the first one because obviously there's got to be a lot more Scottish fighters in the future. The amount of talent that's come up there now. Um, so that yeah, was pretty cool, man. Yeah. Um, obviously you have quite a few Scots in the, in the cage wars uh, yeah. scene. Um, doing quite well as well. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing brilliant. Um, Obviously, I was training when we won last night. I was sparring with uh, Scott Malone, boom boom from Dundee, um, Judoka. Judoka with hands after like, knocking out his last opponent there. Um, I was sparring with him in here last night, some great rounds because he's had a quick turnaround. He just won against Amazinger in Birmingham. Now he's up in December, right away in Cardiff. So he was still, no rest for him. He was in here training with me. I mean, I'm quite heavier than now. He's a bantamweight. I'm sitting about a middleweight. So. Five fives are tough rounds, man. He's, he's tough, real good fighter, strong, sharp. Got Scott there, obviously. Ross Houston's coming down later from Inverness. He just won the world title at welterweight. That's Ross who I fought at amateur. When we were amateurs, I was a welterweight. And uh, to see him progressing in the pros and obviously a world champion. Obviously, we're pals, we train together sometimes. And he's just a good guy, man. Anybody will tell you, Ross is a really good guy. So. Scott and Ross, Paul was unlucky. Uh, Paul McBain, like he's been winning forever. Like won all his amateur fights, all his pros. That was his first loss. But Aidan Lee was a good, was a good fighter and that. So it was no, just one of the nights when you get caught, you get caught. And like mixed martial arts, it's, that's like, nobody's perfect. And uh, there's like a handful that are unbeaten, but they're only unbeaten for so long. I mean, <clears throat> so yeah, three Scottish guys are doing well in Cage Warriors. Um, as I say, it's a great promotion. So yeah, it's one of these sports that probably not a lot of boxing. The the zero goes a lot quicker for for a lot of people. Yeah, I think with boxing is like I don't, I don't want to say too much <laughs> about, about boxing. But, so um, I think they all get to like twenty and zero before they're really tested. I think that's the, the done thing. Or twelve and zero, ten and zero, like that's just the way it is in boxing before they get tested. With MMA, like that doesn't happen. Like. People with great fighters can be like six and three off the bat, like just because there's so many different areas that people can be better than another person. Like you can be a world class striker, come from a boxing background, go right in, and you can just get took down by a wrestler that's good at wrestling, or a jiu-jitsu guy can catch him with submission. So it's it's fine margins. It's like a game of inches. Uh, take quote Al Pacino. Um, so I think with boxing. Um, they can go at 10 and 20 and before really, really getting their first good test. So I think that's just the way it goes for most of them. But 
Yeah. I suppose that's sort of exciting. They dig at boxing there, see all my boxing <laughs> uh, friends. Well, <laughs> um, these rings are 20 off for a good fight. <laughs> um, when, like, is that sort of the exciting thing with MMA? Obviously, like, yeah. Of course, man. A whole range of opponents. Of course, like, just look at my teammate Paul Craig's last fight in London. Um, I mean, the one we had one second to go, four, five, uh, three five minute rounds, 14 minutes, 59 seconds, he gets a submission and wins, saves his career, gets a new contract and gets a 50 grand fight the night bonus, uh, so performs the nice most. Second, one second, I wouldn't say he was getting leathered for the 14 59s, but he was losing. I mean, a big Russian guy, Ankalev, was undefeated, amazing, just a stud. Um, Paul had his moments, a few takedowns, but the, the guy was winning the rounds, you know what I mean? One second, changes your life, changes your, like, saves your career, and that's excitement, like, you're, you're there to the last second. So, stuff like that, the guy can be getting beat, then he can throw up a, a great submission. So, that, that's a good thing about MMA, it can swing like that. Obviously, in boxing, it can swing, guy can get leather with punches and still win with a knockout, but I, I just think we, mixed martial arts are just more tools. Um, Obviously, the drunken fans like it a bit more, you know what I mean? Two people kneeing and elbowing and leathering each other. But um, when you really look into the technique, uh, the martial arts it's, and the disciplines, it's, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. Um, obviously, touching on that, um, Paul Craig's win yeah. down in London. Um, what was that? Sort of like being in the corner for that one? Uh, that was insane. <laughs> uh, obviously, um, I think, as I say, he's a Russian, undefeated Russian, who's, he was, he was good, we knew he was good, but we, we accept every fight, we, we're never a team to dodge fights. Um, my coach will tell you, he's going to just ring me up, right, we've, got, we've been offered this guy, and I'm just saying, right, cool, when do we start training, where is it? Paul's the same in the UFC, I know there's people in the UFC that can like, uh, say they'll fight anybody, but right, there's a contract, like, ah, oh, that date doesn't suit me, or basically, I don't want to fight that guy. So Paul, I think everybody Paul's fought, even in the next opponent in Australia in December, undefeated. They've all been undefeated guys, so, um, and studs as well. So, yeah, obviously we knew Ankalev is really good, strong, powerful, world champion in Sambo and his, his country, but we still had a game plan, um, and uh, we, stuck, we stuck with it, obviously. The guy was good, but Paul hung in there, took his hard shots, got some takedowns, and then fought till the last second and got the finish. So, obviously, by my reaction, he jumping out of the cage. It was, <laughs> it was nothing I've ever seen, because I was right there watching, like, a few yards away, just when I seen the tap, and then they heard the bell. They're just like, you can't believe it, it's like something a film, you know what I mean? So, obviously, I've locked the cage and took him out of the game, man. <laughs> I forgot how he's just been at war for 15 minutes. I've tried to take Paul down in here a few times, not mean, obviously. I just, I didn't put any weight on him and he just crumbled. But um, yeah, it was a, a really good moment for, for us and as a team in general. But yeah, that was wonderful. It was, it was nuts. It was a good night after that as well. Yeah, does that sort of encourage you like, to have nights like that? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, my, my next fight could be in London. Uh, I don't really like London anyway, but yeah. I fought in big arenas like Manchester Arena and Hydro and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, my, my fights, I would say my fights are usually eventful, but 
to get something like that last second in front of like tens of thousands of people would be pretty special. Like we put television on the biggest stage, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's all, always a goal of mine. Yeah, especially with obviously with Bellator, you've got the TV deals. Yeah. And I think they've got the zone in America. So yeah. Yeah, I think they've, they've just signed with Paramount or in the UK it'll be showing them like Channel Five and stuff like that. So Bellator was hard to watch live if you're if you're in the UK. Like you you, you can stream it or. Oh, I know that was the, the one thing they did put it on. You, you know, you're not getting to see the, the fucking main event. So I think it was like you wouldn't be able to, like months and months ago. You, you couldn't watch Bellator. Uh, you would need to wait for like, a live taping, fucking weeks down the line. So it's like it's 2018. What the fuck's going on here? Yeah. So hopefully with the European scene coming up, Bellator now, the whole Channel Five thing, maybe we'll be able to watch that at a reasonable hour. <coughs> I sort of obviously gone into Bellator a bit. Um, how did you get into MMA originally? Um, originally, uh, I'm from a small town up uh, just close by called Holloway Town. Uh, and I was just, I was walking about with my friend, um, Gary Spears, and he's like, oh, I started a cage fighting down at Keir Hardy Sports Centre. Uh, me, you think I was a hard man or not? When I bought a uh, <laughs> these were UFC gloves. I didn't watch UFC, you know what I mean? I didn't like I think I seen the game like Chuck Waddell and Taylor Ortiz and that on the front there, but I wasn't a fan of MMA or that. I was a big wrestling fan, uh, pro wrestling. Bret Hart was like my hero. <laughs> and I used to like always remember like just submitting my friends in school, like put them in a sharpshooter and just I like to make people tap out and submit them. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I got suspended a few times in school for it. Um, <coughs> and he's like, he's doing the sports centre, so we went down. And my first coach, uh, it was Russell Bailey, he ran a wee team called Team Raw. Uh, we just put the mats down in the sports centre. And he, he just went through the basics ways, it was like more like grappling, like submissions, uh, triangles, armbars, and done a wee bit of wrestling and stuff like that. And I just started for there. Uh, and we came, uh, we got our own place in Wishy, then I had like my first couple of amateur fights. So I think it was made the, the submission side of the MMA, like the grappling, Jiu Jitsu, that got me just through like watching wrestling and Bret Hart and stuff like that. Like, I just like make people give up. <laughs> it was fucking weird, but uh, that, that's that's the story. <coughs> so Keir Hardy, that's where I started in Hollytown. And we moved to our own place in, in Wishy, our own gym. Um, and I had my first couple of amateur fights here. Um, I think I was only training for a couple of months and I, I, I fought in St Andrews. Uh, St Andrews. What age were you sort of when you were doing this? Oh, this was, um, I started quite late, I think it was like 21. Oh. And I've, got, I've got teammates in here that are 15 and they're absolute animals. And I was just like, Jesus fuck man. Like, <laughs> at 15 I was like, and bushies trying to find pornos and that. It's like, fucks, <laughs> like you just dead, man. Like, so, watch out for some of the guys coming up through here, like young Kyle and and Ryan and stuff like that. They're absolute, they're talented and they're only 15 years old, I mean. So I, I started at 21. I the first, that first fight in St Andrews, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I remember just running to the cage, screaming. Like, I had the old short back sides and, uh, it's horrible, man. We're watching back now, like, see the te my technique. I won the fight. I don't know why I won the fight in a minute. 
a triangle. I don't know how the hell I done that. I just remember looking at him, the guy was quite big. And I'm in this cage, all my fans are shouting. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, man? <laughs> what am I actually doing? But I ended up winning, they took me down. My, even my kick, watching back, my kick I threw was dreadful. And then they took me down and I won my uh, triangle submission. Back when I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. So I had my first three fights there. Then I broke my arm in a fight. I didn't, I didn't tap out. And I got my arm. I got kimurid, kind of. And it was in a ring. I usually fight in a cage, but this one was in a ring, and my body was hanging out of the ring. Usually the ref stops and puts it back in the middle. So I had no weight in my legs, and I got kimurid, and I got my arm snapped clean. So that was. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, this one. Was the humorous. Did you hear it? it was a humorous bone. Apparently, it wasn't really that funny, but it was. It was a humorous bone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he had that snap, but it was just like it was weird feeling. Um, but yeah, so that was with my first team. I healed up, um, and then I seen Brian Gallagher was doing. Brian Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in here, but at the time this was a Thai gym and we, there was a wee ring there, it was a wee jigsaw mats, <coughs> we just rented it after they finished with it and done Jiu-Jitsu and stuff. And I had a fight coming up and I was like, listen, I know, I know uh, training partners in my old gym, uh, one people showing up and I had like, a fight coming up and I was like, so I'd come here, there was like 20 people on the map, Brian was like, oh, I was like, I'm thinking about joining, but was like, uh, I've got a fight coming up, I was like, cool, I was like, I'll corner you for it. So, I was the first ever MMA fight at this gym. Um, I was in Inverness. Uh, I won the triangle again in the third round. But so that's how I started coming here because Brian done jiu jitsu, um, and then that's that's how Scott Shit Squad started the MMA team. Um, so yeah, like my old gym, uh, Russell did show me the basics and stuff, like that, but it was just a lack of training partners, and then a lot of people that did train there. Came here as well, so yeah. Was it about getting that sort of base yeah. for, for all of you? Yeah, skills? yeah. Uh, just about getting training partners. Yeah, you need you need to train. I mean, uh, one guy is, isn't going to help you. Um, and when they when they show up and people would come and go, like, I've seen hundreds come and go in it for the gym. I mean, it's not for everybody. But uh, yeah, so that's just how I'm here, and I've had had thirteen amateur fights, and I've had like. Um, like 17 professional fights through here, through Scottish Hedge Squad. When, when did you decide to go from amateur to pro? Um, well, I had, had 13, that's quite a lot in MMA like for amateurs. That was back in the day, man, when we were just touring about Scotland, there was always a small shows and maybe it was quite tight in Scotland. And I would go to England as well. And I just fought everybody, I fought all the, I fought well all right. I fought all the hardest people in Scotland, so I fought some of them twice and yeah, I was just ready to make, make the move and my coach, me and my coach spoke about it, he thought I was ready and we just took it for there. Um, my game, like, I'm more of a, like a, like a wrestler, a grappler, but I like using my elbows a lot um, and in the amateur ranks you can't use your elbows obviously, so I like taking people down and, and beating them up with my elbows. So professional rules suited me better, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I enjoyed, I joined, I joined making the jump pretty soon. <coughs> um, won your first couple of fights? Yeah, I went 4-0, uh, after that, in a, in a year. Um, 
fought with some good guys in England, fought a guy that beat me in an amateur, uh, Scott McGrew or 2-0, he was 2-0 in pro, I was 2-0 in pro, so he'd already beat me as an amateur, but it was a, it was a close decision, um, and I beat him in two minutes, I dominated him, slammed him, took his back, choked him out, out unconscious, so um, that was good. I went 4-0 and then I had a bit of beef with some gyms um, in Scotland um, and there was this, uh, Ken Malone was a wrestler, a good wrestler and he had a he'd fighting pro before I was even fighting MMA, but he had about, about 20 uh, professional fights. I think I was getting a bit of, getting a bit because I was 4-0, getting a bit of hype about me. And I thought, I thought some good guys and some no, guys I should be beating, but I don't think they liked it, like because they'd been there. Like, so a few of them were calling me out. So I ended up, I'll fight anybody, so I ended up fighting uh, Kieran, uh, and he just out wrestled me for three rounds. So it was, it was a good learning, learning uh, fight for me because I was rushing in, making mistakes. And maybe I took that fight a bit early, but I, I kind of I begged my coach to do it. And uh, yeah, so I lost that one. Um, Kieran out wrestled me for, but it was the easiest fight in my fucking life. Like, I, I left that case and I've not been in a fight. Like, he just lay on top of me. Um, and he wasn't, he wasn't even striking me or trying to finish me. It was just, just, it was just like a blanket, basically. But I rushed in a few times and that's what caused him to get the takedown. It was like a throws he was getting away. So, because I was just wanting to put hands on him, I was quite emotionally involved in it. I wanted to beat him bad. I had a big crowd, it was sold out, it was sold out show. Um, but I still enjoyed the fight. It was, you know, I mean, I cut him from the bottom with my elbows as as always. But uh, it was just learning, like working my wrestling. Don't get, uh, don't rush in like that. Like be more composed and calm. So yeah, I learned through that fight, and then I got back to training and worked on it. So yeah, um, that's everybody knows you learn more more from your losses than you do your victories. So. Because yeah. I didn't get your head down too much, was it? No, I was so disappointed. Uh, I really wanted to beat Kieran that night, and uh, it was just it was just a better fighter that night. Um, and I was a, maybe a bit early in my my career to fight him. He'd fought some good guys, fought all over the world. Um, he had a negative record though, but he was still like he was still like nine and eleven or something like that. So he still had good experience where I was four no fresh. Uh, he was fighting pro MMA before I I was still. Trying to find pornos in the bushes, not mine. So, yeah, it was, it was all good. I got back to work, uh, and I beat his teammate, then I beat his Anori's teammate, then I beat some French guys, some Italian guys, some guys from Malta, some Brazilians. So, I just, just get on with it, I mean. Yeah. Um, when you said you had some, some beef with some of the gyms up here, what was. Yeah, it was just, just two best gyms in Scotland, I mean. It was a grip house at the time, but then they moved to James Dillon's called Higher Level. Uh, you know, I mean, I just spoke my mind about some of them. I like some of them, some of them were idiots. Um, so I ended up fighting, like, I kind of fought five of them. Um, some of them are good guys, don't get me wrong, but some of them are bitches as well, you know what I mean? I just, some of them are fake. Um, but we're alright now. Um, I fought a couple of them um, recently. Um, I fought Craig McIntosh, who's a great guy, yeah, on top main event. That was a great fight, one of my favourite fights actually. Nice back and forth, scrap. And I fought uh, Commonwealth undefeated judo Ian Feenan at Manchester Arena. 
um, for ACB, which is like a massive show, massive Russian show. Uh, and I won me a flying triangle. I mean, a, a flying triangle did judoka, judoka in front of millions of people. At the time, we didn't like each other as well. He said he was going to knock me out. I've never been knocked out in my life. And he's never even knocked anybody out. He, puts, you know, he said he was going to put me to sleep. That was what it was. And it was just like, like he was so boring as a fighter, he was putting like the fans to sleep. So, like a flying triangle to him, which was a thing of beauty, I might add. Uh, and that was probably one of the highlights of my, my year. Because Manchester Arena, biggest arena in the UK. We didn't like each other, gyms didn't like each other. So to do it in spectacular fashion was, was pretty satisfying. So that was another teammate. But we're all right now, I think. There's still the odd couple that I don't really like. Um, but that's it, it's a fight game, not me. We're not, we're not here to be pals and that. I've got my friends in here, my teammates in here. Uh, that's all you need, really. Um, it's a fight game. We try to hurt each other, not me. What's your sort of favourite, like uh, with the with the job? Obviously, you, you sort of travel everywhere yeah. with fights and things. What's what sort of some of your favourites places you fought at? Um, favourite places I fought of uh, for the Hydro. That was good. Um, obviously, I love the Hydro as a venue. I was obviously going to see my favourite bands here. I was choking for Scotland to get like, a big arena for like concerts and stuff like that. And obviously, we could bring the UFC and stuff here. Fine year was good, the crowd wasn't that big, it wasn't promoted very well for ACB, um, I think it could have done a lot better, but um, I think that's the way ACB are, uh, we won't get into why that is, but um, but obviously Manchester Arena um, was pretty good, because that was mobbed, that was, that was like one of the best cards I've ever seen, action packed, there was like 20 fights on it, ACB did a lot of fights, but they match well, so it's always exciting. Fight after fight, you're out of the cage, the next one's making a walk already. It's just, uh, like, yeah, it's, that's a logo. It's like less money, more fights or something like that. So, something like that. So, yeah, Manchester Arena, the Hydro. I've went everywhere. I've trained everywhere. I've trained in Dublin, I've trained in Iceland, I've trained in Spain. Yeah, stuff like that. But I like, uh, I love like the wee shows, like the wee shows like back in the day were like my thing. Like fighting in Bathgate and uh, sold out small shows like uh, Inverness and stuff like that. I always remember the days is better because that's uh, like the people that's been there for years will understand how the wee shows are better until the casual fans showed up now because obviously through Gordon McGregor and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, aye. Um, what's your favourite small show? That fought one? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, probably, uh, I don't know. There's a couple just left on. Yeah, yeah. I used to fight in the Kelvin Hall for SFC. They don't, they don't do it anymore. It was Scottish fight, fight challenge. But at Kelvin Hall, they put on a great show. Uh, and I fought... Uh, Calm Hunter at the time, who was like number one in the country. Um, we fought twice actually. That was a draw that one in Kelvin Hall. Packed out. Uh, I remember he I came out to 
like, I came out in that, no, that was a different one. I came out to a lad's song and that place was bouncing and he comes out to it, like it's raining men, I'm sure. And he's wearing <laughs> pink and all that. He, he used to dress up his, his, his uh, entrances and stuff like that. So he had like half the arena and I had the other half. And, and it was a draw, it was a good, good back and forth battle. But I, uh, SFC was good on top, it's really good though, so. Um, so shows like that, Battle and the Glen, room, um, Fighter Cypher, that room at the top with Art of Combat. Um, I'm probably missing a few, but yeah, the shows are brilliant. Um, Alwa had great shows in Alwa Town Hall, the Hamilton Town Hall, and all these wee venues were, were, were really good, especially to get a good crowd that brings out the atmosphere and stuff like that. Was good. Yeah. When you sort of talking about them, you uh, this is one of these ones where you're like, you're doing it just, obviously back then you're just doing it for no money and sort of the level Yeah, man, of course, because you get paid peanuts. Some of the professionals still get paid peanuts now, um, unless you're, like, you're a good ticket seller. So, but my first fight at St Andrews one, I made like £250 and I was like, <laughs> I was like, that <laughs> was like the most I'd ever made in an amateur fight. And my coach always told me like, right, that was like a one and a half because it was like a charity hand, like, don't you ever me? And then I was like, I fought in like Port Glasgow after, like a few weeks after that. Oh man, that was a place, man. <laughs> I, I remember like, I, I know what I mean, 50 quid that night. <coughs> I remember watching the video back and uh, there was this woman and, <laughs> and she was just shouting at the, the judge in my show. I won a split decision, but I dominated for three rounds. And she was just like, oh, what's happening anyway, Davey? Like, and he's like, well, try to judge my fight, turning around talking to this whore, not me. It's like, oh, what are you up to, right? Where are you going tonight? Like, I'm like, that's why that fucking cunt judged that a fucking split decision, not me. But that crowd was wild after that place, Port Glasgow. If you're if you're all driving through Port Glasgow, just hit the accelerator back me and get rid of it quicker, man. Not me. <laughs> You'd lost all your your Inverclyde friends from that. Oh, bye. <laughs> by to Greenock. <laughs> Um, obviously moving into say I think 2017 you, I think you just lost your, your job yeah um, obviously that's <laughs> hey, how long we got here <laughs> so I'll tell you because this is a funny story right I like to tell my friends that um, so I worked in the steelworks for years and years and um, just up at new house here um, and uh, <laughs> So sometimes I would take <laughs> the odd sicky right, to maybe go and train in Dublin because I train at SVG as well for my fight camps, or go away like Celtic games, stuff like that. But the like, priorities. I, yeah. The priorities. Yeah. But everybody in my network took a sicky like every single day. I didn't even take it every day, but I would take the odd ones for the stuff I just mentioned. And sometimes I was there and I'm nobody fucking showing up. I'm just like, fucking hell, I need to get out of this place, man. And then, uh, so I was off for, as I say, I was off for, I think it was, I was in Dublin, or and then I was in Germany for the Celtic Champions League game. <laughs> um, so I go in and she's like, oh, you've got a discipline. And I was like, all right, okay. I was like, I'll take it to the gym because it is impossible to get fucking sacked for here. Because <laughs> um, people start all sorts and, Oh. So I thought, I'm, I'm golden, you know what I mean? I'm safe. I know how to work all the machines. I've got a forklift license. I'm fucking safe, man. This is, I'm swaggering in like corner, I'm like, sitting down, man. <laughs> sitting down. So she's just got this big folder, right? 
<laughs> and I can kind of see her going through this before, and I can kind of see, like, it's like my Instagram picture. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> I just came up, I just came up, I've got this weird laugh, like, like I've, got, I've had it for school, like, like I just like came and giggled a bit, and just like, is this funny, you know? And it's like, that's why he's got pictures of me uh, blown up. So then we're sitting at this desk, right? So then she just starts putting all these pictures out. All these, like, like I'm in, like, I'm getting interrogated for the FBI, <laughs> putting the uh, daily record out the sun. I'm on the back of the sun, I'm on the back of the record. Um, papers, we, I'm winning titles down in England. So, Chris, I saw these pictures on my Instagram. She's, she's just printed in Germany with tourists and fucking they're on Dublin training. So in this day, you say you're ill, but here, front page of the paper, <laughs> you're training with Celtic Football Club up at Lennox Town. So I just sat back and I just couldn't stop laughing and I was just kind of like, right, I don't know, what, what can I say? So here, you're in Dusseldorf with uh, three Asian tourists for the Celtic game. <laughs> and I was just like, then she got to, um, picked up the, like, the Bellsall speaker. Here you're with a title, when you said you were not well, but you're doing one European titles in Newcastle. And so she planted this out, and I was just like, fucking, what, what can you say, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I did, but I couldn't stop laughing, you know what I mean? I think this is funny, I'm like, I know, I know, like, so I still kind of thought, so we'll get back to you, you know what? I was just all kind of thought, like, I've been here for years, I know how to work on the machines, because not a lot of people can do it. I said, like, probably still get a slap on my wrist because people still done worse. Nah, but sure as hell, I came in the next day and I was, I was sacked, man. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, fuck's sake, man, what have I got to do? Just before Christmas and all that. So I was like, okay, man, like, I, I, at the start, I couldn't believe it because I'd worked there for so long, but they just said they couldn't trust me anywhere and all that. But who's ever thought that you, you couldn't go and watch your team play football and that, not me? Terrible, man. <laughs> but, uh, so aye, that's the story. Yeah, I lost my job. Um, was it a good game at least, the one they, they caught you on camera with? Was it what? Was it a good game, the one they, they caught you on camera with? <laughs> yeah, of course it was, because uh, <laughs> we got a point away in Europe in the Champions League when we've never done it in our life. <laughs> so we drew one each with uh, Gladbach and Dembele scored a penalty. Uh, one each, man, so it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always worth it when it comes to Celtic goals, remember that? <laughs> um, so... So then I was starting to panic a bit, like, what am I going to do? I've not got a job. It's coming up to Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a scary world out there when you've not got money, because everything, everything's money, bills, cars, flats, training, eating, everything like that. But, so I sat down with my coach, well, I, uh, we'll go full time. I, I still done security, I done the dorm stuff like that, so we'll go full time. We'll see if you can do some PTs, coach people, stuff like that. So, golden man, golden. So, that's uh, the, the fight I had coming up is um, in Manchester against Ian Feenan. Um, so, so I, travel, uh, I, I go to travel to Iceland to train with Gunnar Nelson, who's in the UFC, his gym, and obviously over at SPG with John Kavanagh uh, and I was Dublin. So, it was the first fight I'd done without a job. Like, I trained well, I rested well, and obviously I, I won. I won. I, I went uh, four fights. And I was just a different fighter. I was just, uh, I was getting my rest in, and I was preparing well. I was just blowing people away in the first round. Um, 
I was just I was loving life, I was enjoying life. I didn't have to go to work an eight to half four shitty dead dead, dead end fucking job every day. That was depressing me. I'm always a good good believer of positive minds and you're getting up, going to a work that you don't really want to be going to, you're already in that negative mind frame, you know what I mean? So I was getting up and got to training, doing something I loved, although it was grueling, like people don't like fight camps, diets and that. People wasn't me. Uh, I like my chocolate and stuff like that, I like my junk food, so but I still loved training, even though it was grueling and sometimes I didn't look forward to it, I still loved it after it, so we work. I can never say I loved work or I loved that after it, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. the way at the door when I was clocking out was the only time I loved that place, but um, so I think that came into it a lot that I was getting like my rest. I was resting well when I was training two or three times a day. Because sometimes I came here before work, I'd train at seven in the morning, get showered, jump on the motorway up to work, finish at half four, have something to eat, back down here for five, six, all night and Groundhog Day, you know what I mean? So it's, it was tiring. Sometimes I was lying, lying in the changing room there, Brian will tell you, you know what I mean? Just like, I work here still, and I like him in, he's like, come on, get fucking shifted. So it was just tiring. <coughs> it was just very tiring, but <coughs> just like everybody else, we had to work. You need to work, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it was a big, big, <coughs> sorry. It was a big, big uh, improvement for my game just went up. I matured as a fighter, I took things in. <laughs> seriously, no too seriously. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until a couple of fights ago I started taking it really seriously, you know what I mean? So yeah. Um, it was a big it was a big help. Um, so cheers, XL Steel. <laughs> you changed my life. <laughs> it's one of those ones where you could luckily you can learn look back and laugh at it now, but yeah, yeah. You, you can go down two very different paths. Obviously, you've got the better on. one for yourself. Yeah, of course. Like I could have probably had the drink or something, <laughs> kept partying away, but um, but it's, it's, it's tough out there to get a job now. You see a lot of people out of work or companies shutting down and stuff like that. So, yeah, you can go down too fast, but it's what path you choose. It's still down to you, you know what I mean? So, a lot of people go down the wrong path, but they've chosen that path, so it's up to them sometimes to, when they really think about it, to turn it around, just like I did for myself, I mean. Yeah, um, and obviously it's paid off, like everything you've yeah. done. Yeah, so we've got there in the end, because uh, I, I got into MMA, like I was a fit, I still play football, but like I, I wasn't a dream to be a fighter, like, I wanted to be a, a wrestler, which will Maybe touch on that later, <laughs> the side project. But uh, yeah, well, I was I wanted to be a football player or a joiner, or then I wanted to be a fireman. So I, I didn't get into the fire fire service a few times. I tried, and it's really really hard. I think they have like tens of thousands of applicants and stuff like that. So I would have loved to be a fireman or a joiner, and then I wanted to like play football. And uh, fighting was never. A, I just came up fell into fighting. Yeah, I turned it. I was already at it, and then I got improved in it, then now I'm addicted, I mean, so it's just an addiction. So yeah, that's, that's how it went. How are you at football? I'm alright, uh, I play amateur football, I score goals, don't get me wrong, I score goals. Um, but yeah, well, I think amateur's my level, but when I see some of these professionals, damn! Thank <laughs> oh Jesus, like last night, what was I watching? Last night, um, oh it was the Tottenham game, that 
fucked apart through the NFL. Uh, well, Wembley, Wembley looked like, yeah. Wembley looked like uh, Windsor Park in Hollytown. It's how bad that looked. But when I see some of these people, like chances they miss and penalties. Uh, penalty. I've got to say penalties <laughs> in miss, but I've missed a few penalties <laughs> in my time. God's sake, man. I've missed like title winning penalties and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think I could put that away. Or that defender's fucking gash. I could rip him. And but. Um, yeah, enjoy, enjoy, still kicking a ball over it, but um, I'm just kicking, I'm back playing for a bit of now just because um, I've not got a fight for ages, so just, just a couple of games, it's nothing too, too major, but I do love football, I love football, I watch it every day with my <laughs> papa, uh, after training I'll go, to, go and sit with my papa, there's always like a premiership game on Champions League, or whatever, not I mean, so I do love football. Yeah. Um, Obviously, quite a sporty person then. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Since since you're younger, just always, I suppose it's a good release, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I've always, always just went to the Celtic games, played football, played wrestling, uh, stuff like that. No, no other sports. I don't think unless it was hitting golf balls at motors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, stuff like that. Good stuff. Man. Well. I done. I usually just swimming, day swimming and stuff like that. So I tried to bring swimming into like my like my training camps, my cardio and stuff like that, which is fucking hard, man. And there was a wee guy I used to like Ian Thorpe in the, in the water, man, like was choo. And now I'm like, so it's it's definitely tougher than do you. We'll start off with uh, Celtic, obviously yeah. getting to train with them. How was that? How'd that come about? First of all. Um, uh, yeah, I've been a Celtic fan all my life. Um, Uncle John took me in my first game in like, 1997. I always remember it. It's easy to remember. It's like 3 nothing Hearts, Henry Larson Hearts. Like, I'm sure you know who Henry Larson is. Please tell me you know. <laughs> Have you seen yeah. that, uh, The Pointless? Where the boy tells his girlfriend, like, there's a football question and basically to win all the money they've just got to answer any like, question and um, it's got to be someone that like, is not known. Um, by any of the other people and boyfriend apparently just told this girl to answer Henrik Larsson to the football question what just like, it whatever it is just answer <laughs> Henrik Larsson she won like a couple thousand from it like and was it uh, just, just far bro I'll show you after that's what people funny. always ask like who's <laughs> uh, who's the best Celtic player or who's this who's that and well, the answer always is Henrik Larsson that's probably why he said that um, so yeah that was in 97 Uncle John took me if he not Henrik Larsson heart check the guy who's a god, he's still like my hero to this day. Um, but I still go to all the home and away games with my friends. Um, we've got a bus from New Stevenson, and I go to some of the games with my friend Kieran as well. So just the games I can make, obviously, sometimes I'm training. But uh, I go away in Europe, as you know, through my last uh, job. <laughs> um, so I've been all over Europe with them. So yeah, it's just. So it's got a way of life for Celtic fans, you know what I mean? It's like you're brought up into it. And um, yeah, it's just, just the way it is. And in Scotland and mostly run about this area and in Glasgow, obviously. But yeah, uh, it was for uh, my ACB fight in the Hydro. They were trying to promote the, the show, so they had like two fighters go to, to Lennox Town train with the Celtic players. Um, obviously, there was only one man that was going there. <laughs> that was me. Uh, so me and my coach went, and uh, there was a few of the players. Obviously, uh, I'm friends with Kieran Tierney, who's like one of the Celtic players. That's my friend. Um, so he he joined in. So did Scott Brown, the captain. 
Um, Craig Gordon, the goalkeeper, had like Lee Griffiths and stuff like that was there. So like we took them on the pads and stuff like that, we put the gloves on, took them on the pads and we were like, we were like hitting penalties into them and stuff like that. And for me, that was like one of the best days of my life. Um, <laughs> I was like a, like a wean at Christmas, like fuck's sake man. Like, <laughs> I sing, I go and see these every week and I sing, sing their names and so it was definitely, it was, it was cool. Um, we walked in, they had like, like a jersey on the grass for us. We lettered the numbered bungard number one and uh, like the full team signed it uh, and I framed it. Like it, was in, it was a year we won the, the Invincible treble season, we, we went the full season unbeaten. So I got that framed, that's in my living room. So with some photos of the day, it's hitting penalties and we wear them and that. So yeah, that, that's how that came about. Um, but why, what a day that was. Yeah, that will live that with me forever, definitely. I say not many people get a chance to do that. Oh, definitely not. Um, no, definitely not. Uh, I talk about I'll get that. It's like really famous and played one of the charity games. <laughs> You'll get a chance to. Yeah. Um, I would score one of the games. I know I'd score one. <laughs> no pressure. Um, how do you like Kieran Tierney and uh, Tierney? Uh, Katie just he says came uh, close with eyes, just feel like Mother Wind. Oh, okay. um, Murus, as he would say. <laughs> um, so, so when I played football, I used to like the penalties I missed. I told you about that was against like, his team now, who I now play for, Bullfrog. So he used to always go and watch him, and I kind of got talking to him through that. And then uh, I was just like I went for food and stuff like that, and then we done the whole training thing, and he came in my fight and stuff like that. So yeah, we just became close with that, and we grabbed food every. Every so often, you know. so I must say though he's like one of the, one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Like he was got time for everybody. Um, he'll stand there all day and take pictures with anybody who wants him, and does a lot for the community and his friends and that. And just a real nice guy. Those things you don't have to do when you're in that yeah, sort of position. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I think he'll always be like that though. Um, just a good guy. Good, good guy. Good stuff. Um, talking of sort of more famous people, Conor McGregor, obviously going <laughs> over to, to Ireland and having a bit of training with him. Yeah, yeah I've been going to Dublin now for three years, three, three four years. Um, so every time I've got a fight or something, I know, I'll just go over for a couple of weeks. Um, basically, SPG, one of the most well-known uh, gyms in the world. Really, obviously, Conor McGregor, obviously, but uh, there's some a there's absolute animals over there, all of them. Like, they're all my weight, lightweight, welterweight, stuff like that. Um, and there's like, they're talking about 40 on a mat at a time, professionals, my weight, high level, Bellator, UNFC, Cage Warriors, Bama. So that's why I like to go over, like, I've only got like one professional in here, two, Paul and Neil, and they're like, light heavyweights, heavyweights. <laughs> Neil, Neil was probably sitting about heavyweight in there. <laughs> but uh, I still spar with him, I still train with him, but it is tougher for me um, to get my game off when there's, there's a big big weight uh, and size advantage. But um, So over in Dublin, there's not, we're all the same and it's high level, so it's, it's still tough training for me, don't get me wrong. I mean, I still get my ass kicked in here and I still get my ass kicked in there, and that's the way it should be. You should always get your ass kicked in your gym, because if you're kicking everybody's ass, then you're no, you're no, you're no doing it right. You're no, you're no putting yourself out of your comfort zone or 
you're not learning really, you're not getting punches landed on you, you're not getting taken down, etc. You know I mean? so, yeah, I go over there, um, I, I stay in a wee, a wee house uh, right across the road from the gym, it was perfect. The first time I went over I stayed in the city centre, then I had to travel, I stayed in a hotel, travel in the trams to the gym, then back, then up the stairs, and it was a horrible. So I found an Airbnb, it's literally a crossroad for the gym. Um, You're probably not the first person to stay at that gym. No, so <laughs> that place to go across the gym. So I end up, uh, so I go that, that often, that I know the family now. I've got my own room, I've got my own key, and a beautiful, beautiful family. And it's just so perfect, I can go in, have a hard session, go across the road, back to bed, back over. It's perfect. I owe them a lot. owe them a lot, that family. Um, so yeah, as so the sessions obviously under John Kavner, great coach, uh, great first jiu-jitsu guy in Dublin, and he's uh, the first jiu-jitsu black belt in Dublin uh, in Ireland, and the first MMA fighter in Ireland. So he's got bags of experience, uh, great knowledge of the game. Obviously he's trained Connor. He brought Connor up, made him an actual superstar, global superstar. Um, but there's, there's a full team of absolute animals and great guys over there to learn from And uh, obviously, when you're on the mat with Connor, you're training with Connor, you, there's a presence, you can feel it, you can feel it in the room. Um, but as I say about like, KT, like, Connor's just a, just a down to earth guy, always here to help you. You can ask him anything and you can learn from him, you can take wee bits off of him. And just a cool, cool guy in the gym, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and an absolute animal as well. Like <laughs> he's, he's on a different level uh, from a lot of these guys. So, yeah, it's just, that's a good thing as well. But uh, mixed martial arts, like, I can go over and train with him. With him where if you're a football player, you kind of show up to like, Juventus and say, like, right, lads. <laughs> pass the ball on Aldo, you know what I mean? Like, he's a touch. But uh, martial arts, you can walk in any any gym in the world and train. You might like, not get a penalty off or anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'd probably pass it anyway. Um, but like, I've walked into gyms, like, I've been on holiday anywhere. On holiday, I go, like, every year I go to a different country. Like, I, I don't like going back to the same place unless it's, like, I'd be filled with, with my mates. <laughs> I, like, I like to travel the world, so every country I'm in, I'll suss the MMA gym or Jiu-Jitsu gym. And I walk in and I'll just start rolling with anybody, touch, touch hands, shake hands, I'm just, you roll, you, sh you shake hands after it, you get a big picture. You can do that in any gym in the world, so that's a good thing about martial arts, it's a big family, like, you can walk in anywhere and train. Uh, so that was, that was cool that you can actually go over there and train with like, big names like Kona, what, what have you over there, so, yeah, it's just, you need to learn from half everybody. And if you're not going to learn from Conor McGregor, then who are you going to learn from? Yeah. Different from what you imagine back seeing on TV and things? Conor? Yeah. Uh, it's, just a, it's, it's different when, when he's promoting a fight. He's funny. He's still funny in the gym, but he's uh, just, just a normal guy. Just in there, he put the work in, show up, train, focus, and go home with his family. It's simple as just like his are, but. Uh, yeah, obviously the first time you meet him, you're kind of like, oh shit, it's not Gregor, man. I mean, it's Alan, are you? just a normal guy, you can't get too starstruck, especially in that game. Speaking about your yeah, papa on your, your grandfather, yeah, yeah. Um, he's 
obviously been a massive influence for you, um, sort of growing up. Yeah. Um, so my papa has always been there for me. Uh, when my grandma was alive, um, I used to obviously go with him every weekend to like the bars or car boot sales, shit like that. Um, but every Thursday I used to stay at their house since I've been a baby. I still, I still go every Thursday for dinner, but I don't stay on there, obviously. I'm a big boy now, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, yeah, obviously I've got a mum, mum and father and that, but uh, I just wasn't as close to them. Um, still really not, to be fair. But he was always there um, for day one, so. Yeah, he's, he's probably the closest guy in my full, in my full world, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can talk to him about him. After training, I'll go and sit with him every day. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely the rock. Yeah. Um, is there anything that sort of in between your parents that happens? If you don't mind me asking, that you no. Um, uh, my mum and dad split up, um, but we just um, we never had just like a, a normal family. To be fair, you know what I mean. I've got a wee sister and a brother and that, but we didn't do stuff like other families did, like meals, holidays, stuff like that. Um, so my, my relationship with my father wasn't the best. Um, didn't really talk to him, stuff like that. So that's why my papa was always there. That's how we always done stuff. So don't get me wrong, my, my relationship with my mum and dad is a bit better now, but when I was a kid growing up and stuff like that, it was just a bit different. Um, so yeah, um, that's how I spent most of my time with my father because he's always been there. My gran, uh, God bless her, uh, passed away a few years ago. So that's another reason that you need to be there for my papa. Not I mean they were together for like sixty years, so that's a long time. Um, so like I did watch my papa kind of like say goodbye in my gran hospital, which was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. So finding a cage for fifteen minutes to a drunk crowd. It's fucking easy, you know what I mean, compared to that, so that's what I'm at. Tough, sounds. Yeah, it was tough, man, it was tough, tough. Um, I mean, like, as I say, 60 years, you need to say to you someday. It was tough for my papa, but it was, it was really hard to watch. Um, so that's how end that life throws at me right now is, is pretty fucking easy like, to deal with. Like, there's always worse things out there. Um, you know, people that's just passed away with cancer and my friends and stuff like that there, like, that are my age, so... Um, and also, my friend James English done a, a documentary about the homeless there, like, there's a lot more people out there than you, just because maybe your hair's not sitting right or your tan's not right, like, or maybe you don't have enough money for this or that. There's just a lot more worse things out there than that, so sometimes you just need to shake yourself down and just get on with stuff, you know what I mean? You start like moaning, like, like oh, half of these wee bitches out there are <laughs> dead. But uh, obviously, out there, it's, it's a mean, bad old world sometimes, but um, you just need, as I say, just take every day as a blessing. Like the people around you, your family, your friends, your teammates, anybody. So I'm all about that positive mindset, as I said before. Yeah, um, so I mentioned there, obviously losing friends at this sort of age as well, was again tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's been a few now, um, especially the last year, man, people I know. Uh, people bought me, people went to school with friends, family. Um, 
Paul McAllister lost his battle with cancer. Um, he was just a great guy, he used to come to my fights. Um, we went to corners at school and that together. Just just a just a gentleman. If you knew Paul, like everybody did, like he's just just a really, really happy, very positive guy. Um, I've lost some like friends to like suicide, stuff like that. Uh, so obviously how me and my friends we do a lot uh, a lot of work for Chrissy's house, which is a big um company in Wisha. Well a small company but we're get we're grow, helping grow it and uh, raise money and raising awareness for suicide. They're the only they're the only um place in Scotland that are open twenty four hours. You can phone them whenever, you can go and sit and talk to somebody. So we help getting out there. Uh, we run our charity day uh, every year now. We've done it in the last couple of years. My friend Liam Fagan uh, and our group of friends. Um, Liam lost his father. My other friend Robert lost his father through it. So it's, it's close to us. A few of my football teammates done it. A few people we know growing up done it. So it's close to us. So we do like a charity day, a football tournament during the day, and like a disco and raffle and auction at night. It's a great day. Um, like last year we raised eighteen thousand. In July or June, we raised eighteen thousand. The year before we raised four. Four eighteen is a big leap. Like everybody's getting involved now, so it can all be a positive thing. Um, it's, it's so common in this this area. I was going to say you mentioned quite a lot of people in. Yeah. Um, I'm quite a lot of Ramsey also the nature's Yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's most common around uh, my age group of males, you know what I mean? And I think it's depression and anxiety kicking in, like just uh, maybe just growing up or women, maybe dr- a lot of the time drugs, cocaine, and stuff like that. Like, that just makes you worse. Um, people think they can't talk to people, mental health issues and stuff like that. But I know it's people, it's easy to say talk to people, just talk, I know it's hard, but we just try to say, like, like, I've had problems in the past where I've had to speak to my friends, like, just bum, 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 drop a mail, drop a text, and everybody's here for you, so as long as you've got somebody close to you, you can feel you can home up to, then do it. If you don't, like, drop me a mail, I've, I put a post up a few months ago, <coughs> just saying, basically, like, I'd, I'd be there for anybody, if, even if I didn't like them or didn't know them. And that night I, I was answering mails for people, just, just firing them up my Instagram and my Facebook and that. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a lifesaver, but I can talk to somebody and put the kettle on, anything, and just like my friends will do, and just exactly what Chrissy's house do. So if I can help just that one person, maybe be a wee bit more positive for the next couple of days and see a wee bit of sunlight, then that's, you're helping somebody, you know what I mean? So, that's what me and my friends are trying to do, helping Chrissy's house and stuff like that. So, um, we're, we're doing a good job at it, I must say. Um, it's getting better and better every year. We're getting away holidays and stuff like that uh, to raise money and it's a, just for a great cause. And we all wore like, the, the Chrissy's house talks to the Celtic game. A few weeks back against Aberdeen, a full bus, full bus did, had the banner up and all that. And so, everybody's doing their bit and it's good, it's good to see. Yeah, um, we sort of touched on it. Uh, is mental health something that you've had personally in the past, that you suffer from depression? Yeah, like just, just like uh, in the past, like, see, you've no money, like, you've no money, your bills are uh, 
your bills are adding up, you get a wee bit under pressure. You just you just feel down. You don't want to go out, you don't want to speak to people. Maybe you went out, had a had a hard weekend, maybe you split up with an ex-girlfriend, stuff like that, it all all adds up. Uh, wee bit of depression, don't want to leave the house. I, I was getting to a stage where I didn't want to leave my bed. I don't know if it was through lazy or what, but I just didn't feel right. Didn't want to come into training. Um, I didn't want to talk to anybody. So, stuff like that. And it takes somebody to come to you and help you, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, it is everywhere, so. Yeah, um, you do quite a lot of charity work now as well with, with Chris Nelson yeah. stuff, as you mentioned. Um, what's your sort of yeah, we just, uh, as we say, it's like um, we do the we do our, our, our event day, our charity day. We do sort of a football tour, Paul Fagan Memorial Memorial Cup. Like everybody gets a, t- a seven a side team, and um, they have a big tournament, a big day during the day, um, and have a trophy at the end. And then at night time, we go to Hollowtown uh, Club One Hundred. Um, and we've got a big auction, bands playing, DJs playing, big auctions, raffles, some of the best prizes I've ever, I've ever seen that we, we, we do. Um, we buy a holiday and then we basically raffle a, a two week holiday. Uh, last year it was a two week holiday in Greece. So everybody buys one and for, for like £20. You buy a two week holiday in Greece for £20. So stuff like that we do. Um, sign jerseys, trips, tours, all that stuff, but um, stuff like that. Um, and then to help Chris's house, um, even just putting t-shirts on in the gym, just passing out leaflets, numbers. We went just to raising the, awareness. Yeah, that's it, that's all you can do. Uh, we went to the Built the Ball in the Hilton, another great event. Some great, great comedians, great performances, actors, magicians. Just have to raise money and help raise awareness and for the cause, I mean. Good stuff. Um change you back to top of shit to, to back to the MMA. Um yep. obviously Simon Bellator, February, you were sort of saying this is the next time that you're looking you're thinking you're gonna be out. Yeah. Um yeah, they've come back since February. I think there's gotta be a lot of shows next year kicking off. So I think there's one in Barcelona. Amsterdam, Stockholm, London, Newcastle, Dublin, stuff like that. So they've asked for my visa, so I've, I've filled that out. Um, so I don't know. Better miles than hopefully. Like I thought, like, I thought everybody, like continent-wise and stuff like that. And I've not an American, so I'd like to. I'd like to go to America, see what see what these Americans are all about, and um, beat a few of them up. Um, but obviously. I think I'm going to be fighting in Europe, uh, possibly England, London, February. Yeah, there's a few guys I wouldn't mind fighting. Um, Ryan Scope, Paul Redmond, um, Terry Brazer maybe. Um, but if they want to give me like a nice easy fight, like Alan Chalmers or something like that, then I, I think I've got a spare one minute in my day, I could maybe uh, talk him out. I've got to say, um, obviously between the two of you, there's been a few few exchanges yeah. to say the least. <laughs> the guy's just a minion, man, honestly. Um, I seen that, I seen a poster day, he was talking about talking with Fabian Edwards, who's a great fighter, he's like a trains with, and he put a post up saying, Fabian's got a good left hand. He's like, you're left and my right, you know, and I just could not stop laughing. And I was just like, you're fucking right, you're right, man. <laughs> oh, so... 
kind of a like obviously I didn't like his show. I didn't watch it, but I didn't like it. Um, not a big Jody Show fan. No, <laughs> I don't mind the Jodies. Don't get me wrong, I'm a good crack that, but that guy's just an idiot, man. It's just I'm trying, I'm trying not to swear too much, but but he like he's had four fights, five fights, five in all pro, and then I get all these fucking space boys writing, ah, oh, he's a real deal and all that. But the guys he's fought haven't even won a fight. I don't think they've even threw a punch in their life. And that last guy won. Um, basically, he choked him, right? So if you've got a standing guillotine choke, the guy didn't defend the choke first, right? And then he drops his two hands. Drops his two hands like Hulk Hogan, he's ready to Hulk up, right? But if he drops his two hands as if he's unconscious. So if you drop a, a, your opponent when he's dropped his hands unconscious, then he's got a face plant. Face plant in the canvas. What did this guy do? This guy braced and then rolled. It was so fagazi, like Jordan's fucking titties, right? It was so fake. It was unbelievable, hard to watch. And he's jumping about going mental, like, I don't know if it was mere fake. That, that submission on his shitty fucking show. Um, so that and then the other guys he's fought. Don't get me wrong, my first couple that she pointed out weren't the best either. But um, yeah, I just want to beat him up. You know what I mean? Like he posted that mo- picture with all this money, the fight game. That's not a fight game if you're early in your career, like because we make fucking peanuts buttons. And that that picture really annoyed me, and I was like, no, fuck this guy, man. I want to beat him up. So after a, a few a few comments out there. And he, he, he bought and replied, so now he said my name and now he needs to deal with what's coming. Right, you're obviously not the first Scottish fighter he's uh, <laughs> right. chatted to as well. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you talk with Chris Duncan? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Chris is, uh, Chris is ready to show up here now. Um, yeah, Chris is a guy who trained me. Uh, Chris wanted it bad as well. Slip two, he's just fucking wreck him, not I mean, but I don't know because he sells tickets. He's a golden boy, they'll give me a guy that's. He's like, give me a guy that's won a fight. Like, that's how he is. That's what you're saying now, a guy that's won a fight. You're a 5 and 0 or whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, but, boxing route. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, so that's what I say, like, get him to 10 and 0. Get him to 10 and 0, then, then what, bring him to me. I've lost four, four fights, you know what I mean? He should beat me. Uh, but Chris is, Chris is 2 and 0. I've sparred with Chris, I've trained with Chris. Chris would annihilate him and all. Uh, but it would be better. Chris is too no, he's sworn no. Then why is he not taking that fight, you know what I mean? Because he's a bitch. He's a pussy. Um, so, I don't think Nene's have got to get him. But he says, the, like, he said my name now. And he said down the line, when he gets more experience, smell a shite after your da, uh, that he'll fight. So, maybe, maybe down the line. Maybe down the line. You never know. But he's, he's trained with some good guys, so... He's got to improve, you know what I mean? He's got to improve too many guys, but he's a welterweight, I'm a lightweight. And I'm still, I'll still take that seven kilo jump up. I was going to say, probably training with the, the guys here, the heavier uh, guys, that probably helps you. Oh, I <laughs> okay, he could go a fucking middleweight if he wants, I would still fight him. I was weighing it lightweight, I don't, I don't bother, man, I know. I, I, I struggle to game two minutes. I think I'd get him out there in one minute. Like, it's just an obvious, he's shite, but I just want to show him what a real fight what a real fight is all about. Um, with your sort of future, obviously you've got the five fights with Bellator. Say when you you finish your your career, 
what would be sort of the ideal scenario for yourself? Where do, where do you see the end goal? Um, obviously, I'm going to take a run for this title, lightweight title. There's an American that holds it, who's a really good good fighter. But um, yeah, I just, just want to make a run for the title. I'm, I'm in this division, uh, make a lot of money, make a run for the title, buy a house, man. I want to buy a house, you know what I mean? Make enough money that I can buy myself a house, and that's me sorted for the future, obviously, you know what I mean? So, that's where I want to be. Um, obviously, you might be seeing me in a, a wrestling ring <laughs> uh, in the near future. Uh, I don't know, maybe a wee bit of acting, a wee bit of this, a wee bit of that. Not like that, I'm kidding, man. <laughs> uh, no, but I just, just want to be world champion. Um, that'd be quite cool. But uh, I know it's, it's, it's a tough division, like it's one of the hardest divisions, stacked divisions in the full world. So, People are asking me, oh, you got, a belt? Uh, got UFC, got UFC and after Belton, I'm like, no, like, UFC was never, ever, ever, ever my goal, or being a world champion, but, uh, I mean, I'm happy Belton was looking after me, now I've got a contract, so let's see how these fights go, and then just take it for there. Uh, if I win them, a couple in a row, and I'll start asking for that title shot, and I'll start asking to go to America, travel a bit, um, and just enjoy, enjoy the journey, because it's been pretty wild so far. I've got to say, is it exciting talking about these sort of things, considering, say, a couple of years ago, <laughs> probably didn't think about yeah, this? Yeah, of course, man. Oh. Uh, as I said, a couple of years ago, I was in a dead-end shitty job. Uh, just dreadful, man, dreadful. <laughs> getting, up, getting up in the morning, just sitting at the end of my bed, just hating life. No, it's just like... Up in the morning, fire on some Jerry Cinnamon, tra traveling to the gym, doing what I love, going home, fire on some Bill Burr, the best comedian in the world, laughing my ass off, eating some good food, coming back to the gym, doing what I love, and then just traveling the world. It's brilliant, I love it. Uh, and I'm so glad that I got sacked. <laughs> but I, hopefully, hopefully the, down the line, I'd get to. I get to like, fight in America, I'd love that. I'd, that'd be a goal, I'd like to set myself be goals at the start of the year. Like, get a promotion, jiu-jitsu, win two fights, just say, go to this country, go here. Um, fight in America, I think that's, that's my next goal. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm most looking forward to, like fighting in America. Or even going to America, I've never been in America. I want to kind of travel America. That was my that was my dream, other than being a world champion. Is uh, traveling America, traveling all the states outside the MMA, just as just as a person, just traveling. So, hope I get to do that one day. If I could get to do that while fighting, would be even better. Just drive around with the world title in the yeah, back of the truck and get, just get a camper van, like bring bad, and just <laughs> just put the put the world title in the front of the bonnet and just beat the horn and like a wee Scottish flag hanging at it. Know what I mean? Really good. Stuff. Um, well, listen, thank you very much for your time. Oh, and uh, I'll see you soon. My pleasure, mate. Thank you very Cheers. much, man. <laughs>